0: Warning, the following content may include sensitive material for some listeners, including discussions around topics like sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, varying forms of abuse, and harassment. Listener discretion is advised. Southern Arkansas University's motto is that their university, feels like home. But unless that home is mentally, verbally, sexually, and financially abusive, then their motto is nothing but a lie. Here on this podcast, we are going to examine why. I'm your host Astrid, a former Southern Arkansas University student, and this is It Feels Like Home. Last week, we began our deep dive into the history of abuse and scandals at Southern Arkansas University. This week, we will continue this deep dive with the timeline of the events that have taken place since the creation of the Facebook group Coalition to Hold SAU Accountable, as well as hear directly from the other co-founder, Sierra. Like I mentioned previously in the last episode... April 21st of 2021 was the day that I first got a message from Sierra and one of her friends about the corruption within SAU. And this Facebook message is really what got the ball rolling on the entire coalition. On April 27th of 2021, Sierra released her petition publicly, which was mainly calling for changes to Southern Arkansas University's Title IX policies. On May 4th of 2021, I released my petition publicly. Throughout the months of April and May, Sierra and I both heard from multiple people that were still current students on campus at the time that a campus-wide conversation about both the petitions was quickly spreading. On May 12th of 2021, the creation of the Facebook group it titled Coalition to Hold SAU Accountable was created. As the Facebook group began to grow, and both of the petitions gained well over 100 signatures, we also encouraged our members to reach out to various faculty within SAU, to Dr. Trey Berry, who's the president of SAU, and to comment on all of SAU's social media posts, including on their Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Throughout the month of May, as well as early June, SAU made sure to be vigilant to take down any comments relating to the petitions or anything negative about SAU very quickly from their Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages. And then on June 8th of 2021, SAU totally removed the ability to leave a rating or review on both their Facebook page and their official website. Keep in mind that while they were doing all of this um, online and on their social media pages, they were still refusing to respond to anybody that had reached out to them. On June 9th of 2021, SAU totally removed the ability to leave comments on their Instagram page. That same day, Sierra and I both reached out to contact SAU's Board of Trustees. And then finally, after months of phone calls, emails, and asking everybody within our Facebook group and both outside of it to join in on our fight against SAU, Dr. Trayberry finally brought it upon himself to email us back. Well, he didn't email me back, but he emailed Sierra back. The following is Dr. Barry's response. His email starts, Sierra, I remember you very well and you are very special to our family. During your time at SAU, I do recall one issue you shared and I remember helping you with that incident. It is the only time I recall hearing you had any personal concerns. Please know that we all take the care of our students seriously but compliance with FERPA requirements prohibits me from commenting on individual student situations any student who reports inappropriate conduct by peers faculty staff or any other member of our campus community is supported and the concerns are addressed according to SAU policy and state and federal laws if you have evidence that is criminal in nature concerning you personally i strongly encourage you to reach out to the police department either here or in your hometown Sierra, I have been truly disturbed by the social media posts. I always want to hear from students, but social media is not the appropriate forum to handle such delicate personal matters. I welcome you to come to campus and sit down with me and members of my staff to share your concerns. Sincerely, Trey Barry. There's a lot of irony to unpack in this email, but let's first just start With the claim that anybody who reports any sort of incident or concerning situation is supported. This has clearly been proven as not true as with the BuzzFeed article that I read from the last article with the former student Taylor literally being harassed by the student that she reported and all of his friends and Dean Baker telling her that that was not enough to qualify for harassment. I also went through the same exact thing roughly a year after Taylor's case, and again was told that all of the harassing comments that I had gotten, all of the harassment, the texts, the phone calls, every single bit of that, was not qualifying as harassment. Dr. Berry also mentions that if there was any sort of criminal evidence that Sierra had her possession, to turn it over to him or the school so that they could look at it. Again, this is highly ironic because you're going to hear several times from various anonymous um, current and former students on this podcast that this is not at all the case. Um, Evidence has been brought to Trey Berry and to the school, including Dean Baker, on numerous occasions. Evidence in, in every kind of form that you can possibly imagine. And each and every time they have taken that evidence and... I guess they've just thrown it away. I'm quite frankly not sure what they've done with it, but they obviously have not kept it. They've obviously not ever looked at it. So this this ask for evidence that's criminal in nature concerning you personally, Dr. Barry, if you're listening to this, let me ask you, what are you even going to do with that evidence? Because it's been in your possession before and you've done absolutely nothing with it. There's a simple solution to this alleged problem that Dr. Barry is talking about, and it's called just be transparent and answer the first time. Because Sierra and I would not have ever had to ask all of these people to specifically help us with bombarding SEU social media if Dr. Barry would have been transparent and answered in the first place. And again, If Dr. Barry ever happens to listen to this podcast in this particular episode, I'm asking him this question. Dr. Barry, when you blatantly ignore and block everybody and refuse to comment on something like this, what else do you expect? How else do you expect people to get into contact with you? Carrier pigeon? And finally, the most recent update, which comes from the Vice President for Finance for Southern Arkansas University, Ms. Shauna Reed. On June 11th of 2021, she sent me the following email. I apologize for the inconvenience of having to provide documentation to our office. However, your student account charges have been removed. Please find an account adjustment letter attached as confirmation that all charges were removed. Thanks so much for your patience. If you have any other questions, please reach out. Thanks, Shauna. Now this email rubbed me the wrong way, which I definitely explicitly explained to her in my following email, which reads as, Miss Reed, thank you for finally reaching out to inform me of this, weeks after my debt was cleared and after I placed phone calls to TSI myself. Additionally, it was not a matter of a simple inconvenience, it was a matter of someone losing sensitive medical documents that cleared me to leave from university without any penalties. For months, you guys in TSI sent letters and calls to me, hounding me about arguably one of the worst weeks of my entire life, when again, this was a problem solely caused by the university. This ultimately makes no difference in my ongoing battle with the school, as I will still be seeking action as well as changing your policies. Namely, the one that resulted in me being told that my uncle's death wasn't enough to excuse me from school without a penalty. I had been fighting with Southern Arkansas University for months up to this point about these fake charges on my account and about these threats to my credit and all of this stress it was causing and I was by no means about to accept the half-ass compromise olive branch that they were attempting to send to me. On June 13th of 2021, Miss Reed responded to my response. She stated, I would love to pass on a word of correction to those who lost your medical documents, but I'm not sure which office you turned them into. Several offices might need them for different reasons, for example, academics to change grades, but we don't see any record of the business office receiving a copy to adjust your charges. The university doesn't openly share sensitive documents between departments as we want to ensure that the documents only go to those that have a need to know for business purposes. However, I do apologize for having you send them again. Concerning the letter you received, it is not a standard practice to send out confirmations of charges adjusted. However, after a discussion of the charge adjustment process with my staff, I wanted to implement the change and add the letter as an additional step. We started this June 1st and sent out two letters this past week. Again, I am sorry for having you send in additional documents. We are required to have them on file as support for adjusting charges. If one of my counselors used the words, Not enough, that is indeed a tacky way to convey that we are not required or that we are required to have the additional information. Losing a close family member is extremely hard. However, in my years here at SAU, I am aware of those that try to take advantage of our policies by providing obituaries of previously unknown persons to support their request. This type of behavior causes the rules that become a burden on the rest of us. Thanks, Shauna. There are several key things that I want to focus on in this response. Um, First of all, the section where Ms. Reed talks about, um, concerning the letter you received, it is not a standard practice to send out confirmations of charges adjusted. However, after a discussion of the charge adjustment process with my staff, I wanted to implement the change and add the letter as an additional step. That's highly ironic considering that um, Sierra and I personally have been embroiled in this battle with SAU since roughly about March-April. And I personally have been fighting tooth and nail with SAU on this and about their response to this and their policies surrounding this um, since, I believe, October of 2020. That's the earliest instance I can remember of placing a phone call to them after receiving a letter, although I'm almost positive I had several letters um, before that that I at first ignored. I don't believe for a second that anybody that is employed by SAU took it upon themselves of their own volition to create this policy change. I 100% believe that this policy change is a result of the coalition to hold SEU accountable, and that is who the responsibility uh, solely belongs to, is all of us. It's proof of the saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And finally, my other concerning point um, with this email is the number of letters that they've already sent out after this policy creation. Keep in mind, I got this email from Ms. Reed on June 13th, and she stated that the policy started June 1st of this year, and three letters, including mine, have already been sent out. If less than two weeks into the month of June, you've already sent out three of these letters to students and former students from your university, how many are you going to have to send out total? Who is consistently causing these problems and these mess-ups that are resulting in the, the financial ruin of people and the financial stress of people? Why is this a consistent problem? You can rest assured that we're going to try to determine the answer to that question and that you'll definitely be hearing from people on this podcast in the future about their financial struggles and issues with SAU. But for now, here's part of my phone call earlier with Sierra, the other co-founder of the Coalition to Hold SAU Accountable. Hello? Hey, it's Astrid. Hi how are you i'm good how are you pretty good all right so i have a list of just a few questions um and we don't have to like strictly adhere to this obviously um but uh the first question i was going to ask um what so what years did you attend sau like what was the time frame
1: um i attended from august 2013 to december 2017
0: gotcha and um what degree did you get after leaving sau uh
1: i got a bachelor's in general studies i was supposed to get a bachelor's in theater but uh, no
0: so what what originally inspired you to create the the petition
1: um well I've been dealing with my own trauma with like PTSD and stuff and I finally realized that I was actually a victim of this theater director and so I was like if I'm a victim there are probably others out there that were the same kind of victim as I was so I posted my stuff on my Facebook and then when I got a bunch of stories and I was like okay it's time to do something so I made a
0: petition. Right. And so what What were some of the most common um, experiences or things that you saw? Like what were a lot of people talking about at first?
1: Um, a, at first, a lot of people were talking about um, financial stuff, like the being charged for things that they aren't actually supposed to have to pay like yours and being bullied and being ignored being sexually assaulted and being ignored. Stuff like that.
0: So, how did SEU react to the evidence that um, it sounded like a group of people brought against that particular theater professor?
1: Well, from what my friends told me, which is the one that I set up a meeting, set up a message with for you, um, he said that they went as a group and presented the evidence and they said they were going to handle it and they never did anything they made him resign and then never actually did anything with the evidence
0: and you said that he's gotten a job since then in a different state right
1: mm-hmm. he's in california and he works at a college
0: Ugh. um so going to to dr barry's lovely email <laughs> oh yeah um so what what were your immediate thoughts about that email? And what's kind of your reflection since then?
1: My immediate thoughts about that email were like, how are you going to sit here and tell me that what happened did not happen? Like he's sitting there and lying to me. Yeah. Because I brought up the Giltner situation specifically in my email to him. That was the main point I brought up. And he was like, I only know of you coming to me for one problem that I solved. And I didn't go to him about that situation because I didn't know I was a victim. It took me six years to realize that I was for sure. And so now looking back at the email, I'm just like, you should not be in power at all. He should not have this much power. If he's going to respond to actual legitimate concerns like this, he does not need to be in power.
0: Yeah, especially with the way that he's just kind of like blatantly ignored everybody.
1: hmm And he was like, "You can come talk to me." No, that meeting is a threat. That meeting is a, a, a it's a
0: trap. Yeah. What's your overall impression that you've gotten from SAU and from various faculty like Dr. Barry um, and other members on the Title IX board?
1: Um, from Dr. Barry and. Most of the faculty, I've gotten not a lot of good things. There are a few good ones left on campus, and I appreciate them, and I love them. But for the for the majority, like, most of the people I've come into contact with, I just, I regret the fact that I ever went to SAU, and... I'm not happy about my choice to go there. Like I'm glad I made the friends I did. I'm glad I met my husband. But the experience overall negative a thousand out of ten.
0: Yeah. I, I, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> like um, it is
1: definitely not home.
0: No. <laughs> Um, so what, what do you think are the most vital parts of your list of demands and like your petition?
1: Honestly, the most vital part of my list of demands is the firing or resignation of the three people that I've listed. I think it was Dr. Barry, Dr. Wilson and Dean Baker, because Dr. Barry blatantly lied to us about the Giltner situation, which means he's done more than just that. Dr. Wilson is head of Title IX and nothing gets done under her. And Dean Baker doesn't do anything.
0: Yeah, pretty much. What do you think about um, this entire situation? Like what what makes you the most upset and angry is? Um the what
1: makes me the most upset and angry is the fact that all of these bad things happened at a place that we're supposed to feel safe and feel like home but we go there and we expect so much and we get so little in return
0: absolutely we,
1: we pay all this money and most of us end up with like anxiety disorders or other mental health issues or other problems because of stuff that happens on campus
0: yeah Is there anything else that you want to um, kind of, like, make a statement about or include in this episode?
1: Honestly, I just, I hope that if any incoming freshmen are listening to it, they change their mind about going because it's not a good place.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely what concerned me the most, like, seeing their their recent, you know, be a mule rider pictures is, like, Uh all of these innocent people that... ...that don't know that they're preying on. Like,
1: these are innocent people that are about to get really messed up.
0: Yeah.
1: And the fact that they turned off all their comments on Instagram and everything so we can't comment... ...and shut down their reviews on Facebook.
0: (laughs) Doing literally everything to avoid taking accountability.
1: It made me laugh so hard. Like, I woke up and I I said to my husband, Oh my god, look at this! (laughs) They took down the review section! (laughs)
0: I couldn't believe it at first.
1: Me neither. That's why I sent it to you in chat. I was like, go check this. See if if maybe i (laughs) am blocked or something.
0: But no, they really did. (laughs) I think by far the biggest takeaway from everybody involved in this coalition and from the entire purpose of this podcast is... Nobody should be paying thousands of dollars to go and get a quality college education, to get a quality um, college experience. And all they have to show afterwards are symptoms of trauma and feelings of worthlessness and not being listened to. And basically just this, this giant plan of deception. Nobody should be paying thousands of dollars to just get fucked over, essentially. The second biggest takeaway from the Coalition to Hold SEU Accountable in this podcast? We aren't stopping until we have justice and change. As always, thank you for listening. You can find It Feels Like Home podcast on any platform that you use to listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook at It Feels Like Home podcast.